Well, um, this is our third week of our series, God with Us, and um, we are talking about one main scripture, call it a Christmas scripture, it's in Matthew one twenty three. it says, look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us, and so that's what we are focusing on this time of year. Um, we are focusing on the reality that God is with us. We talked about God being with us in the, in the wilderness, God being with us in the valley. Mm -hmm. This week we're going to talk about God being with us in the storm. Now these are all metaphors. They're not all scientific explanations for what's going on in your life. You know, you could have be in a wilderness and call God and someone say, no, that's a valley. Or no, that's a storm. I mean, so we're kind of circling around the same idea and coming at it from different angles. But today we're talking about the storm. You may feel like you're in a storm. Um, there, there's some, it could be said that you're either coming out of a storm, um, you're in the middle of a storm, or there's a storm coming around the corner. That would be a pretty depressing way to, to frame it, but that's sometimes pretty true. Um, life can be difficult, and um, often we find ourselves either just escaping the storm or going into one, or we know somebody that's going through one, and this is part of the reality of living um, on earth. Um, you know, scientists started naming storms. They started putting a name on storms. It was uh, uh, back the last few years, we've had some big storms come through here. In fact, this area right here was flooded in 2015. There's a dry cleaner right here, and the dam broke mm -hmm. by the old mill and flooded through, and the dry cleaner, or not the dry cleaner, the laundromat got flooded out, and they got insurance, and they made it nice and new. Um, but this area has seen some storms recently. Remember that thousand-year flood they had in 2016? We had Hurricane Matthew. Remember Hurricane Matthew hit the coast. Then 2017, Hurricane Harvey came through Houston, flooded that area. And then we had Irma that came through. Um, 2018, this past year, Hurricane Florence, um, that was pretty pretty bad. Hurricane Michael. And coming this coming year, they started naming these storms. In 2019, there's Hurricane Sean Paul coming. I looked it up. Your sister is going to become a hurricane. And there's Hurricane Jerry, in case you know somebody named Jerry. That's coming next year, or maybe not, if it doesn't have enough strength. It won't. But they started naming storms in 1954. They used to name them after geographical locations. And then they said, you know what, i got a better idea. Let's name it after these meteorologists. Let's name storms after our wives or our girlfriends. <laughs> so these guys are brilliant. They're brilliant. Because, you know, what is a better way to say I love you than saying, you know, there's this Category 5 storm coming through. It's going to cause a tremendous amount of damage. It's going to kill a lot of people. going to wreck lives. It reminds me of you. So I'm going to call it, I'm going to call this storm, you know, Hurricane Cassie. That's what it's going to be called, right? That's a, definitely a great way to endear your loved, your loved one there, uh, your significant other. So... Um, actually, after 25 years of that, they said, you know, we need equal rights because, you know, we're in a Me Too movement now. We need equal rights. Um, this was in 1979. This is ahead of time, I guess. And so you started including men's names, you know, so the men can cause some damage and devastation as well. It's not just the ladies. And so they actually, after a real bad storm, you may know this, they retired the name. They don't use that one anymore. So um, once you've done your destruction, you don't have to do it anymore. Um, <laughs> But, you know, we could probably name the storms in our lives if we, if we wanted to. Um, maybe there's a sickness, Sally. I don't know. Sorry, Sally, whoever you are. We don't know anybody named Sally. Um, addiction, Alex. Uh, depression, Donald. Some people call Donald some other stuff, too, but we won't get political here. Um, 
divorced Deborah. I uh, mean, I had Bob written down and he showed up, so we can't use that one. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> Bill bankruptcy, Betty betrayal, and on and on and on we could go. Um, storms, we can name them in our lives. We go through all these different sort of things. They have all different shapes and forms. Some have higher intensity than others. Some are category five, total destruction. Some are uh, just some winds blowing. It's a little bit challenging, and you just don't like the lightning and the thunder, but it's going to pass. And storms come, and they go, and then we're in one and out of one. And we find ourselves in the middle of the storm, and the pain of it, often we just want the storm to go away. I mean, just we just want the thing to go away. I don't know if some people, my wife in particular, does not like storms, like real storms. She doesn't like lightning. She doesn't like rain. She doesn't like any of that stuff. Just She doesn't care for it. She just wants it to go away. I really don't mind until like my house starts shattering and the shingles start coming off. I don't like that, but I don't mind a little lightning, a little thunder, a little rain. But some people, you know, the storm, I just want it to go away. And, and a lot of times, unfortunately, when the storm lingers, they often wonder, you know, what's God doing here? They often people will blame God for the storm. God, why did you bring this storm into my life? Um, people will question, where is God? Why is God allowing this storm in my life? I don't understand where is God in the midst of this lingering, lingering storm. So our key thought for today, if you want to take notes, you don't have much to do today. You just got two blanks. So your life is easy. Say thank you later. Um, but here's the key thought. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. God is with us. He's with us in the storm. We're going to look at the story of a storm in the Bible today. It's in the book of Acts. If you want to turn there, you can. If you have a phone, you go there. You can just kind of follow along on the sheet. We're going to look at Acts 27. And this storm, give you a little background, is a storm that, that comes about on the uh, Mediterranean Sea. Um, they, uh, the actual name is the Aquilo. I looked it up. Um, not that you care. Uh, but it's a, called a nor'easter. It was a wind that came and blew through the uh, Mediterranean Sea and just caused some devastation, and the sailors at that time um, were not dummies, and they knew about the, the patterns of weather, and they knew about how storms come up, and they had certain times a year they would sail, and certain times a year they wouldn't because of the likelihood of storms. And so Paul is on a journey to Rome. He's going from um, the Holy Land area, sailing through the Mediterranean Sea, kind of along the coast. He goes by Crete. I don't know how well you are acquainted with the geography. That's one of the best books of the Bible, though, is the maps in the back. I always love the maps. When you get bored with those stuff, just look at the maps. That's fun. Um, but he's going through the sea. They get to Crete, and they get there kind of in the middle of the Mediterranean. And the guys, they have this dilemma. What are we going to do? Because we're, we're pushing into hurricane season, basically. And this is not wise to go. And, and, but they want to get there. They want to get to Rome. And, and so that he's on this boat. He's not necessarily making the decision. And he gives them advice. This is not a wise thing to do. Other people are saying one thing. Some people are saying something else. And they end up just saying, well, let's just go on. We're, we can make it. Mm -hmm. And they get themselves out into the middle of the Mediterranean, between Italy, between um, northern Africa, and they just hit this huge storm. And it says that it literally is raining and, and it's dark. And for 14 days, they're in the middle of this storm. And they don't eat. They're just battling. They're trying to keep the boat from falling apart. And it's a, it's a really difficult time for them. We'll pick it up in verse 20 of Acts 27. It says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued to rage, continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Fourteen days in a blistering storm. I mean, it rains two days like it did last week. I'm like, goodness gracious. I mean, where's the sun? I mean, I couldn't imagine living in Seattle. That would probably not be 
amazing. But this storm was going for 14 days. Um, they, it says later they did not eat, and they were just giving up hope of being saved. You know, in your life, in my life, when storms continue to rage, sometimes we do give up hope. We, we have this tendency in life to give up hope and say, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen here. Maybe we look at our marriage and it's a storm in our relationship and our marriage. We think, you know, this is not going to make it. Maybe you look at your non-marriage because you're single, man. I'm always going to be alone. You know, look at this, man. There's a storm in my life and I can't make it through this. I'm just going to give up hope. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to pay off these bills and this stuff that keeps coming my way. I'm never going to get forward in life. I'm never going to have a kid. I'm never going to uh, ever graduate. I just got to keep taking out more loans. I'm never going to get out of this issue of my struggle in my life. I'm never going to get past the depression that I'm facing. The storm continues to rage. And often when the storm rages, we, we lose hope. We lose hope of what God can do. It says in verse 21, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice. Told you so. Don't you love Paul? Well, not everybody loved Paul that much, but God loved Paul a little bit. Um, men, you should not have taken my advice. You should take my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. So he gets up there, and he's not beyond, even the spiritual was not beyond, but I told you so. You have people think, I told you so. You your storm. Thanks a lot. Appreciate that. Um, see, if you listen to me, you wouldn't be here. See, the truth is, um, like I mentioned, these people had a decision to make earlier on. You can read it back in, in Acts 27 if you want to go through that this week and kind of do your devotional in that chapter. Um, they really did have a decision to make, and, and some of the people... Just said, you know, I don't care what the wisdom is. I don't care what the right, you know, what everybody's saying. I'm going to do what I want to do. And so for many, for, for a group of people on this boat, the reason they were in that storm is because of their fault. You know, in Christian circles, a lot of times people will say, you know what, it's the devil's fault. You know, we'll blame <laughs> it on the devil, right? Especially like uber Pentecostal areas, you know, the devil did everything, right? It's the devil's fault this happened, the devil's fault that happened. We blame it on the devil. And that's not to say there's not a devil and there's not a demonic activity. We, we believe that. But often we find ourselves, uh, sometimes at least, we find ourselves in storms because of the decisions we make. Sometimes it is our fault. For many on that boat, it was their fault because they said, you know what, even though uh, the wisdom of the day was not to sail at this time and, and, and during this time of year is not a good time to sail, we're going to do it anyways. And so they, they didn't take the advice and they went through and did something that wasn't wise. Um, sometimes we're in a storm because... Not because of the devil, but because maybe we spent too much money. You know, we got that uh, credit card and we just said, you know, it's free money. We ran it up and then all of a sudden you, get, you couldn't pay it back. And then now what do I do? I've got these payments I can't make and then it just starts snowballing. Uh, I know for kids sometimes, you know, it's never their fault. Kids never rarely do stuff that's their fault. My kids don't at least. It's always somebody else's fault. You know, uh, I know if you were like that as a kid. But, um, you know, it's usually sister's fault, brother's fault. Um, usually the teacher's fault, you know, Dane gets a lunch detention at school. I always love roasting Dane because he, he leaves, and so he stayed here, I wouldn't roast him as much. Um, but he gets a lunch detention at school, and, uh, you know, well, it was his teacher. You know, his teacher's fault that he got one, because, you know, he was just doing this. And I'm sure it was the teacher's fault and not your fault, Dane. I'm really sure it was that you didn't mouth off, you weren't on your phone, and all these sort of things. Um, maybe, you know, we, we look at our life, and the reason that we're in our situation, our storm, is we procrastinated put something off we should have done. Uh, maybe we weren't considerate of others, and then now we have some relational tension. We're really just considering ourselves. Oh, that person's just a jerk. Oh, they're just thinking. Well, maybe all we are is thinking about ourselves as well. 
Uh, maybe we didn't listen to you, good advice from parents, from pastors, friends that care about us and love us. So the, the idea is that sometimes it is our fault, and maybe this is one of the reasons that we give up hope. You know, when we see ourselves caught in a situation in a storm and we realize, you know, this, this really was my fault, um, that storm that we found ourselves in, we're like, man, is God really want to get me out of this since I got myself into it? Sometimes it's easier to believe that God will get us out if, if he got us into it. But when we say, you know what, I know I got myself, I know I was stupid here, I know I, I was the reason, and we wonder, does God care about this? And the truth is he does. Even in our own stupidity, even in our own situations, when it is our fault, God has grace, God has mercy, and he will rescue us out of those storms as well. But for others on this boat, it wasn't their fault. Not all the people wanted to go. Some people, especially Paul, said this is not a good idea. And so often in our storm, it's not our fault. Um, think about it. How many of you ever been in a storm because of somebody else's dumb decision? Who's ever, you can raise a hand. You don't have to point to anybody here. If you, you know, you know that, that would be a little bit awkward. But um, maybe, like, especially for kids, kids suffer because often of their parents, unfortunately. I realize that having four children. Um, the way I live, how I, what I do, my wife and I, what we do impacts my children for the good or the bad. And nobody's a perfect parent. And nobody gets it all right. And I understand that. But at the same time, our kids experience all of our failures and often suffer, and it's not their fault. Um, you know, divorce happens, and kids now are in the wake of it, right? Um, you can think about even at your company, maybe your people were mishandling money, or things happen, bosses, people in the higher-ups do stuff, and all of a sudden, all the people get laid off. It wasn't their fault, but somebody made a decision, and you were caught in the boat, and now you're in the storm. Whatever the case may be, in the middle of the storm, sometimes it's easy to give up hope. The storm continued to rage, and these people did, but let's look what it says in verse 22. It says, Paul said, but now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the, of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Paul's a pretty bold guy. So you know what? I told you so. We shouldn't be here. But you know what? God is going gonna, is gonna to protect us. Now, the angels show up just to confirm that. Um, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Not really to me. But uh, it's, it's crazy that God will show up. And he may not show up in your life with an angel. Uh, but he'll show up somehow and let you know, hey, I got this. I'm with you. You're going to make it through. He'll show up by his spirit. He'll show up with an encouragement from somebody else. He'll show up to encourage you and say, you know what, I got this. You're going to make it through. You will not be lost. God is with us in, in more ways than we can imagine. Um, the Bible talks about supernatural beings like angels, guardian angels. I watched It's a Wonderful Life with Lily this week. Got Clarence. You ever seen It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah. Clarence, the guardian angel. Yeah. I don't know how much that's true and all that, you know. You know, it's a, it's a spinoff, like just an idea from the Bible, however that works. But it's a cute movie. Actually, I, I love that movie a lot, actually. I think it's a pretty uh, powerful uh, message to it. Yes. But, uh, you know, other people believe in angels also. You don't get too caught up in all that stuff. But the Bible does talk about there being angels. And, uh, and so God can comfort us in different ways. But... He is with us by his Holy Spirit, right? He's with us by his Holy Spirit, and he's, those who are believers, he's in us through his Holy Spirit. As Pentecostal believers, we invite him to fill us with his Spirit so to overflow, right? So, so this, the, the Spirit dwells within us, and he, he goes before us. Our God's already in tomorrow. Think about God. He's outside of time. So God's already in the future. He's already 
before and after the storm. God is with us in the storm, and he's already outside of the storm. He's not bound by time. And God is with us in more ways than we can imagine. So never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. I'll give you some bonus verses here just for the fun of it. 2 Timothy 4, 16 17. Paul says this to Timothy, Everyone deserted me, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. You might feel like everybody's deserted you sometimes. You know, so-and-so didn't call me, nobody cares, you know, where is there? But you know what? God will never desert you. Amen. You know, people will let you down. We can't put our hope in people. Uh, we put our hope in the Lord. Right. He'll never leave us or forsake us. And Paul even experienced that. I mean, everybody deserted me, but God stood by my side. Yes. The psalmist, David says this, Psalm 16, 8. I know that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. And remember that, that God is always with us. In every storm that we face, he is with us right beside us. And growing up as a kid, um, I have an older brother. Some of you guys have met him. Who's met Seth? Played some golf, disc golf with him here and there. Okay. Um, we used to ride bikes in my neighborhood growing up. That was the thing to do. We went to a place we called the Jumps. The Jumps were these dirt mounds um, that, I don't know, somebody designed them and built them because they were there intentionally. You know, there's intelligent design on these Jumps. And so um, they were there. We would take our bikes down the jumps, and we would pop wheelies, and we would land on the handlebars, and we would lose our air, and we would cry, and we'd get back up and do it again. It was a lot of fun. It's what kids used to do. Now kids just kind of play Fortnite. You know, that's what they do now. But we would ride on the jumps. But there was, there was a guy. There was my neighborhood, and then what we called the old neighborhood. And in the old neighborhood, there was some homies in there that would, that would scare me. You know what I'm saying? There were people that. I had a little fear of, you know, there was two guys, they were brothers called Sam and Dan Cronin. Sam and Dan Cronin did not ride bikes on the jumps. They had a three-wheeler. Now, a three-wheeler is pretty redneck, I just have to say, because you lost one of the wheels. Like, you have three wheels, not four. I don't know what a three-wheeler is, but they had a three-wheeler. And so they would ride their three-wheeler around, and they would terrorize kids on their bikes, right? Because the three-wheeler is going to go faster than the bike. So I, you would hear that three-wheeler coming. I'm like, oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> and so sometimes I would go, and I wouldn't be with my brother. I'd be with some other kids in the neighborhood. And I, if I heard that coming, I was gone. I was scared. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, but I remember one time in particular, three-wheeler was coming. I was riding my bike, and then my brother was there on his bike. He's two years older than me. And um, I started to pedal off. He's like, stop. Don't you leave. And my brother's not like an intimidating person or anything, but, uh, but at that point in my life, he was bigger, and he was like, just stay here. It's going to be fine. Just stay here, dude. Don't, don't run off like a little chicken. You know, stay here. I'm like, okay. And so these dudes pull up, like, hey, man, what y'all doing? Like, um, you know, riding their bikes. And I was, I was like about to wet my pants, right? And, but he just stood there. He's like, he just talked to him, whatever, whatever. And lo and behold, they didn't beat us up. I just stood right by my brother, and I was good. And after that, I was like, okay, all right, Sam and Dan Cronin, I see you guys. That's all right. I got, I got this. And, and I'm just saying all that to say that when, when we stand in our storm, God is standing right with you. If you forget that, you're going to be like me, pedaling off from every little three-wheeler sound that you hear. Right? But when you remember, man, I got, it's not Seth standing there. It's, it's the living God. Amen. Standing right by my side in the midst of this, yeah. he has got this. Yeah. He's got this. It's not me that's going to get this. It's him. And so I know he's with me so I can make it through any storm that comes my way. It's not about trying to avoid every storm in our life. 
you are never going to avoid the storms just because you live so carefully and so cautiously and so, you know, you can't do that. What you're going to do is avoid the plan and the purpose of God in your life if you live that way. What it's, what it's about is trying to live the life God designed you to live and know that he will lead you through every challenge that you face. Every storm that you face, he's going to be there with you to lead you through. It's about the one who's in the boat with us. The New Testament talks about this in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark. Jesus was, what, asleep in the boat. The disciples were freaking out. There's a storm on the Sea of Galilee, and they think, you know, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. But they forgot. This is the Son of God on the boat. We're not all going to die. It's going to be fine. They, but they didn't see that. All they could see is the wind and the waves and all of the chaos of life. Jesus wakes up. You can look it up in Mark 4, chapter 4. It's in verse 38. He wakes up and says, peace, be still. He calms the storm. And he asks him, why are you afraid? Why, why are you so little faith? I'm with you. This is going to be okay. Peace is not the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. When his presence is with us, we are okay. At any moment, Jesus is able to speak to the storm and cause it to cease. He can guide us to still waters. Real peace is not found in a trouble-free life. You're never going to have a trouble-free life. I know that's my story, your story. I mean, think about it. Maybe if you've only lived for three or four years, you've had a trouble-free life. But at some point, you're going to hit trouble. Jesus said that. John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. But what did he say after that? But take heart, I have overcome the world. Real peace is found in the presence of Jesus. He's with me. If he's beside me, then I can make it through this storm. He'll never leave me and forsake me. Looking back at verse 23 of Acts 27, it says, Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong, whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously, graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. In other words, you can't go down on this boat. You have to stand trial before Caesar. This ship can go down, but this storm is not taking you out. Because I have more for you to do. I'm not done with you. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. So even though this looks like all is lost, all is not lost because I'm not done with you, Paul. Think about that in our lives. You know, we think... Man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, this season of life, this difficulty. But if God's not done with you, then you'll get through. He'll lead you through. He'll be with you. He'll make, he'll, he'll make a way even though you can't see the way. He's going to lead you to the next season of your life. Unless he's done with you. And then guess what? He'll call you home. He'll call you home. Yes. But if he's not done with you, then he's going to lead you through this storm that you're facing right now. God's not finished with you yet. We all have more people that he wants us to bless. More opportunities to give. We have more areas where we can serve, more people that we can point to Christ. And God will use the storm that we're in now so that we can help somebody else through their storm. He'll use the storm that we're facing so that we can be that blessing to somebody else when they're facing their hardship, that we can be that voice of encouragement to them. There's a purpose in every storm that we face. We have to remember that. God doesn't lead us through storms just because. But there's a purpose in those. This storm that Paul faced didn't surprise God. God knew it was going to happen. Even though they got there because of their own foolishness, it didn't surprise him. And the storms we face don't surprise God either. The difficulties that we see, like the cancers that people go through. I know, you know, like we've been talking about with Penny, she just passed away, and it was such a challenging thing for her. But the seven-year battle that she faced with cancer, that storm that continued to rage, 
was an opportunity for her to bless so many people and encourage so many people and to impact her children on what it means to have faith in God. You never know the, the, the legacy you leave and the difficulties that you face. And so um, whether it's a, a sickness, whether it's overcoming uh, difficulties and challenges in your relationships, in your marriage, you can help others see that there's a way through that. Maybe you've climbed out of, of uh, financial challenges. You can say, hey, I've been there. I've done that. And God was faithful. And I, I started tithing. And I look what God blessed me with. I started giving. I realized that, that if you can't outgive God. Maybe I used to be in bondage to this or that. I used to struggle with this addiction. But by the grace of God, he led me through this. And now I'm a different person. He set me free. And the same Christ that set me free can set you free. I know that's a testimony of many people here today that I, I once was this and God has changed my life and now I'm this. And we can go and bring that hope to other people as well. So verse 25 says, so keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God, that faith in God that will happen just as he told me. Faith is not in what I see. Faith is in what God says. Faith is not that this boat is a great boat that I'm in, so we'll make it. Faith is in the fact that God commands the winds and the waves. And God is the one who made the wood that made the boat. God is the one who will lead me through this. Faith, my faith's not what I see, it's in what God says. We can't control our situation. We have to remember that. Sometimes we want to control things when it gets challenging. We get in a storm. What can I do to control this? And certainly we, we manage and control our lives to a, to a degree. I don't want to say everything's out of your control. We, we do need to take control of the things that we can. But often there's things that we that are outside of our control that we spend so much time obsessing over. Things that, that are other people's choices, other people's control, but we want, to, we want to fix that, and we can't. God hasn't given that to us to control. And so in those things we can't control, we have to trust the Lord. We have to trust Him and say, you know what, God, you've got this. Uh, I don't have it. We can control what we believe, but we control how we think. We talked about that last series, I believe, and we were talking about our mind and having our minds right and the mind of Christ. That's one thing we can control is how we think about what we're going through. Having our mind set on Christ, that's what we can control. We can't control all the external factors though, that we go through. Psalm 46, 1 to 3 in the Good News Translation says this. God is our shelter and our strength, always ready for an ever-present help, you may have heard it that way, to help us in times of trouble. So we will not be afraid, even though the earth is shaken and the mountains fall into the ocean, even if the seas roar and rage and the hills are shaken by violence. God is our strength. He is our refuge. He is always ready to help us in times of trouble. You know, when you say it this way, even if I lose my job, even if my relationships fall apart, even if the economy it's shaky. Even if the police pulls me over outside the church windows, <laughs> I will not be afraid. Why? Because he is with me. He will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Because he's what I need. He's my safety. He's my comfort. He's my source. He's my redeemer. He's my righteousness. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's my rock. He's the living bread, the bread of life. He's the living water that satisfies my soul. He's the gate through which I enter. He's the guide who directs my step. He's my comfort that ministers to me in my time of need. He is my peace. Yes. Peace is not found in the absence of the storm. Peace is found in the presence 
of Jesus, and Jesus is always with us. Friends, if you come, Scripture is, look, the virgin will be with the child, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. As we enter into this Christmas time, we're already here for many of us, and the busyness that goes on, the, if you travel to Irmo, <laughs> good luck for you. Um, all the different things that happen, let's remember that God is with us. God is with us as we visit with family. Family that may not know him. You may have a brother, sister, a parent, aunt, uncle that has no relationship with God. And you might be the one this year to really share just a, a brighter picture of what it means to follow Jesus. Maybe their view of God has been skewed by somebody that uh, said they were a Christian and really didn't represent Christ very well. And maybe this year, it's not shoving something down anybody's throat, but it's just about living a life and a joy that's different. And it's about being a person of love and encouragement to somebody else. God is with us when you're facing a, a, a challenge, um, when you're facing a storm this, this Christmas time, when you're wondering, what's, what's God going to do about this? Remember, He's with you. And it may continue to rage, but don't lose hope. Because I believe it's not going to be lost. I believe this is not the end for you. It's not the end for me. That God has a better future if we'll trust Him. God has something for us if we'll continue to put our faith in Him. Our faith is not in what we see. It's in what God says. God says, it'll happen. This storm is not going to take you down. I have something more for you. I have something planned and prepared for you. And I've created you for something more than this. And all the things that you've been through, all the storms that you've faced... I'm going to use those to be a blessing to somebody else, if you'll allow me. If you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning, church. As you're reflecting in prayer this morning, for those of you that would say, you know, I, I know somebody that's in a storm, or, or I'm, I'm going through a storm right now, I'm in the middle of one, and I need the presence of Jesus. In just a special way. If you lift up your hand, if that's you, maybe you, you want to lift it up for somebody you know, maybe for yourself. So, you know, I just need the presence of Jesus this time of year in just a, in a real way in my life. I just want to pray for you this morning and ask that God would do something real in your life. He would encourage you. He would just show that he is with you. Church, would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you, God, for everybody here. Lord, I pray right now that those that are going through storms, would feel your presence, would feel your touch, would feel your spirit. God, that you would encourage our hearts not to lose our faith, not to put it in what we see, not to, to stare at the wind and the waves and all the things going on, but to realize, God, that you are in the boat with us. And all is not going to be lost. This is not the end. But Lord, it is a, a challenge that you will lead us through. And God, you will use this one day, God, if you look back, you will use this so that we can be a blessing to somebody else. God, you promised never to leave us or forsake us. And Lord, we stand on that promise this morning. And in the midst of our difficulty, God, you are there, right there with us. Lord, I pray for, again, I pray for Joyce going through this storm of cancer. Lord, we pray for her right now. We lift her up to you. Let her feel your presence this morning. Let her feel your touch. Encourage her heart. She goes Tuesday for a procedure. God, I pray that she will feel your presence. 
guide the doctor's hands. God, we pray for Weta. Touch her right now as she's not been able to be with us, physically unable to. God, just touch her right now. Encourage her heart. Refresh her spirit. For our loved ones, our family, our friends, those who have lifted their hands this morning, God, I lift them up to you. Holy Spirit, come. Fill our lives, fill our hearts with more of you. Give us courage to trust you. To not lose hope in the midst of the storm, but God, to, to continue forward with the calling you place on our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sing with me. If you want to pray where you are, we're going to finish our service today with just a little more worship.